This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Welcome back to the podcast. Much to talk about today, picking up a little bit where I left off yesterday because I really didn't get to everything. And I want to talk about that a little bit more, how the election will be stolen, what exactly they're going to do. But today I'm going to add a little something to that. And that is what you can do about it. Because sitting around and and sucking your thumb and watching Fox News and whining about it, it's not going to help. It's not going to do a doggone thing. You can watch as much Tucker Carlson as you want. You can listen to as many podcasts as you want. You can gripe and moan all you want. And it won't change anything, I hate to tell you. you got to get involved. And I'll get to you some, some simple ways that you can do that. We'll get to all that. Uh, picking up a little bit where we left off yesterday, but let me let me just uh, break away a second and kind of get warmed up a little bit for one thing. You know, I can't just dive into these heavy topics without you know getting my mind <laughs> kind of ready for that sort of mental assault. And besides that, I'd like to share a little bit more on the podcast. They to make kind of a personal connection that you get to know me a little bit. And that's really for the loyal listeners, the daily listeners, I would say, for the most part. But we kind of share this connection. We communicate by email. You can email me at info at ChristopherScottShow.com, or you can leave me a message right on the website, which is always good. Go to ChristopherScottShow.com. And it's one of the unique things about this website, that I offer this ability to connect directly with me. It doesn't go through producers and schmoosers and all these other different layers of nothing, and you never get a response. I read every single email. Now, sometimes when the volume is high, i got to read quick, you know what I mean? But I do. I respond to every single email. Did you know that? It's amazing. And some days, uh, it's a lot. I fall behind. I can't always keep up with it every day. Uh, But I do my best, and I enjoy it. I actually love it. I love the feedback. A lot of that content ends up in the show, and it's just a little something that we get to to kind of uh, share that connection. And some of the people that I've gotten to know through the podcast, uh, it's really amazing. It really is. Great Americans. So uh, a couple of things I want to talk about just to kind of move in that direction. I was doing a fantastic workout last night. That's, I think, what got me a little razzed up. You know what I mean? You know that uh, I like to be physical. Now, just to be clear, if you don't know me, you know, I'm not like Charles Atlas here. I'm 51 years old. You know, I'm a little beat up. I'm a little banged up. And, you know, my discipline isn't 100%. I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. But I like to be outside. I like to be active. I like to be doing things. And I like to be a little physical. It's just, you know, part of my ethos, if you will. Well, last night... I was having just a, a hellacious workout. And it wasn't like, I, you know, don't somebody tell me to send you the workout because I don't really work out like that at this point in my life. And I've been trying to get into a little bit more muscle development. You know, I'm getting a little older, try to keep trim, which is, just seems to be a losing battle for me. Not really. You can stay trim. But it's a matter of a lot of discipline, particularly with your diet. And uh, let's just say that that's one of those areas where I like to indulge a little bit. Uh, so I don't have a problem packing on the weight. But anyway, I said, you know, I put some more weights in. I want to get back to some heavy hiking. I had uh, broke my toenail. Have you ever done that? The toenail turns black and falls off. It's horrible. You know, it's all good. Anyway, 
Uh, I'm well on the mend from that, so I can get back to some some hiking, and, and I'm anxious to uh, to do that as well. Well, last night the workout of the day was push-ups, and I'm not in the best shape, so I carefully warmed up. I was doing curls with my bands, getting my arms pumped up, doing some tricep extensions. Well, anyway, I decided to do the push-ups with my good old push-up stands, which uh, I really love these things. I gotta re- I'm not sure these things are safe for somebody my size. They're plastic. And I don't know if they have a weight rating. I'm doing on the in the garage on the uh, driveway, and my driveway is really perfect for doing uh, push-ups uh, because I have a, a driveway that slopes, so I can do incline, decline. You know, it's crazy. It's good. It's, it mixes it up a little bit. But I get a little nervous. I'm like, this plastic breaks, and what's going to happen? I'm going to bust my teeth out on this driveway, and I'm thinking I, I'd like to avoid that. But anyway, it was a good workout. I pushed it a little bit. Didn't get nuts, didn't get crazy, didn't keep track of my sets, and just just worked, right? Just worked and sweated. Uh, yesterday, I don't know if I don't think I mentioned this. No, I didn't. Uh, I did a little uh, walk, except I was carrying weight, and uh, 1.3 miles, and what was the total? 55 pounds carrying in my hands, 20, 27, 54 pounds, 27 pounds in each hand. Now, I couldn't walk 50, uh, one, 53 miles, 1.3 miles like that, if, if you could do that. And let me tell you, the first, the, ha- the first half was easy. I went 0.7 miles without stopping. I was sweating, uh, mostly uphill, by the way. And uh, uh, I was sweating, right? I was, I was, but uh, it was fine. 0.7 miles. The next 0.6, I must have been stopping every tenth of a mile. Stopped. It was amazing how I got gassed and just, boom, hit a wall. Uh, but it was in- intentional. But I mention all this for a couple of different reasons. Uh, if you like to be a little physical, and, and maybe you're not, you know, the type of person who's going to go run out and do 54-pound farmer's carries or uh, push-ups in, uh, on stands in the driveway on a decline or whatever, right? That's cool. But here's what I want you to think about a little bit. And no matter what your fitness level, your ability level, you can do non-traditional workouts. Just the idea is to work and breathe and sweat. That's all to the extent you can, to whatever level is challenging to you. You know, so today you walk a little bit, you walk a little bit. What can you do to make it a little more challenging, a little different? Walk 10 feet and and squat. Walk 10 feet and squat. Um, Whatever. I'm only trying to get all cute and fuzzy here, and you probably do some research on it. But my point, too, is this. I find that stuff to be uh, so fun. I don't know. I'm weird like that. Uh, and I'll tell you what, what it is that makes me a little weird like that. I enjoy the practice of mind control. You know, we used to have a saying in, in the Marine Corps, if you don't mind, it doesn't matter. <laughs> if you don't care, it doesn't affect you. It's really an amazing thing. You have this, this ability to control how you respond to things that you can just choose to say, I do not care. It does not bother me. I know that this is going to whatever case, right? So you get into a, a situation where it's physical. I say, this is, this is going to be hard. Yep, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hot. Yep, it's going to be hot. And it's going to be sticky and, you know, whatever. Yeah, but if you just decide, you know, I don't care. <laughs> I do not care. I don't care if I get hot, overheated, pass out, throw up. This is kind of how I think about these things. But you can apply that to anything. And I think that especially with physical activity, to the extent that you can, I know that we've got people that are, 
you know, in their 70s listen to this podcast, you're looking at me like I got three heads. Hey, Chris, I'm not going to be out there doing farming. I get it. I get it. But, you know, believe it or not, you can still build muscle at 70 years old. That's a fact. You can still improve your diet and you can uh, still continue to move and at least live the highest possible quality of life that's available to you, no matter what your age. That's a fact. True. And you still have the ability to control your mind and, and your thoughts and how you respond to things. And I think that that practice of pushing through physical barriers is a great way to create that discipline of creating a proper mindset, proper attitude. I don't like to say have a good attitude or have a positive attitude. I don't care. <laughs> Just don't bother me. That's all I'm telling you. All right. And then the other thing I want to mention is this idea of discipline. All right. I'm very busy right now. Things are very disrupted. I'm working on this campaign for Nancy Price. Very excited about it. Uh, that's got, I'm the treasurer. I don't know what I'm doing. I got to learn everything. I got to set everything up new. This is a phenomenal story. We'll do a podcast about it. I got this computer thing going on. Right, They got right back to me. They're going to ship one right out. And then I didn't hear it. So the, 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 the studio's a mess. I'm trying to get in shape. I got three different uh, uh, projects going uh, here outside the home. I got the deck going. I got some grading going. I'm watering every night because I planted this grass thinking of September and moving to some wetter weather. And that hasn't happened. So the last thing I wanted to do was work out. I'm you know what I just said? I, I want to. I felt like I wanted to. And you have to have that discipline. And it all kind of works together. That mind control. I don't care if I'm tired. I don't care if it doesn't feel good. It's, I can see through that. And I, I just, you know, if you've never experienced that kind of discipline, that kind of motivation, I'd say one of the best places to start is with just sheer physical exertion. One last thing I want to mention for the guys out there mainly. Uh, I would imagine the same thing applies to, to women, but I, I don't know the female uh, anatomy and so forth. To really, it has to be the same, I would imagine. But either way, this is a, I'm a guy, so I just know it works for guys. I do believe that at any age that there's three things that you should more basically focus on uh, in, in trying to keep some level of basic physical stature or something like that. I don't, I don't know, capability. And you don't need any equipment. You don't need to go anywhere. You don't need to do any, you know, have anything special. And here's what it is. Squats, uh, pull-ups, pulls, I'll say, uh, and push. Pull, push, squat. All right? Can you remember that? Pull, push, squat. That's what you, you want to be doing that on a regular basis. All right? This is the discipline factor. So three days a week is a good place to start. All right. And um, <clears throat> I'm not going to get into the, the details of, you know, squat, pull, push and workouts right now because we're 10 minutes in. And I got other things to talk about. Um, just think about those three basics if you're a male at any age, really, uh, to develop the proper strength and coordination that actually act like and, and be a man. And trust me, the testosterone will just come with it. All right. And everything else will just work itself out, I guess. Um, let me move on. Work out, get some discipline, get some motivation, get your head on straight. That's what I'm trying to tell you, all right? Get in the groove. we got things to do. Um, I got a, a text from my brother Mike in Kokomo. Uh, and uh, Mike is a brother of ours from uh, Alpha Battery. We served together in the Marine Corps. And uh, Mike's a great guy and I always love to hear from him. Well, Mike's got a... Uh, a very rare blood disease, uh, which he believes is attributed to the vaccines that we received while we were in the Marine Corps. 
And um, I do believe those those vaccines are causing problems. But either way, he has this blood disease. It's uh, it's pretty it's very debilitating, um, you know, fatigue and uh, lots of symptoms. I don't need to go through. But anyway, uh, he um, donates blood uh, for research purposes. You know, there's a very small number of people that have this disease and they're trying to do research. And so he, he donates this blood. He has to drive like five hours to do it. Kokomo, Indiana is like Nowheresville, PA. And uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that to be true. But anyway, he drives five hours. And uh, when he does, he spends a lot of time listening to this podcast. And, you know, he gave me a little feedback. He was giving me some feedback on uh, some some podcasts. And he told me the titles of them. And I remembered them because they were big podcasts. And, uh, and I say, hey, nice job. You know, I say, and I say, yeah, thank you. I said, um, you know, but those are, those are kind of old. And... Uh, He's like, yeah, they were they were definitely back there a little bit, and um, but he didn't really tell me why. And I think I might mention this before, but the bulk of the podcast listens on this show uh, come like months after the the podcast, and uh, I find that to be fascinating because I don't listen to podcasts like that. I, it's just interesting to me. And but the fact of the matter is, uh, at least our listeners now we do have our daily listeners. And a very loyal following. I don't know the percentages off the top. I don't know. Maybe a third of the audience is, is you know, dedicated daily. I don't think it's that high. I don't think it is. And then you have this huge volume of people that come by and live there. Well, anyway, he said, look, he just scrolls through and, and looks for something interesting to listen to. And I thought, are you kidding me? All, all of a sudden, like, the title of the podcast actually means something? And here's the sad reality. It does. He, you know, he really opened my eyes to something. A, create better titles. And B, create better content to back it up that, you know, if you want to, you know, you click on the podcast because I'm talking about apples and bananas that I'm actually giving you some, you know, useful information about apples and bananas or something like that. I don't know. You get the idea. But anyway, I found it fascinating. So, let me tell you why I bring this all up. Maybe you remember the show last week. I don't know because nobody commented on it. I talked ad nauseum about the problem with trying to get out digitally these days as a, as a conservative voice. Nobody cares. I, I don't either, to be honest with you. I hear other you know, broadcasters, influencers, video people, whatever, complain about it. I'm like, everybody knows this is the way it is. It doesn't appear to be changing anytime quickly. question is, what do you do about it? And I thought, wow, well, this is interesting with this, this way that Mike is listening. And maybe that I should look at that and develop some ways to adjust the format of the podcast accordingly. Very simply speaking, <laughs> having content. And, and one of the things I thought about with the change of format would be to break the, was to break the podcast up. And, and here's my rationale on that you know, per, by topic. Right? So instead of one 40-minute podcast a day, maybe do four 10-minute podcasts a day. I think there's benefits and consequences of that. Uh, you know, And you say, well, some people want to listen to the whole thing. Some people don't. The podcast is pretty easy to continue playing. I mean, even if you're driving. So you know, if today's was four episodes. I don't feel like that's asking a whole lot you know, for the loyal listeners that want to listen every day. Maybe I'm wrong, and I'd appreciate your feedback on that. Now, would it be possible for me to offer both, individual and then the together version? Uh, indeed it is. Uh, is that a wise move? I'm going to say I don't like it. 
I don't like it. I don't like duplicate content, and uh, I don't know. Maybe I could. I don't know. I'd have to think about it a little bit more. But I'd appreciate your your feedback on that. You know, the other option is to start advertising on the podcast, advertising the podcast. Forgive me. The problem is that that's what it does mean. Then that you you have to then offer something or. You know, what am I going to do? I'm going to spend money to, to promote the podcast to sell nothing? Um, not that I wouldn't consider it because I think there's a direction that we're going here with what this podcast is is going to become, is really. Um, you know, we're going to start doing these these interviews on, on Sundays. Not every Sunday and uh, I don't know what frequency yet. I, w- I want to be a little careful with what I commit myself to. i got a lot going on. I already commit a lot to the podcast, but... Uh, I think that having some of these voices on here, you know, what would you think if I could get Doug Mastriano on the podcast? I just got an invitation. I think I'm going to be seeing him soon. And, um, you know, what's it take for him to make a phone call for 10 minutes to call into the podcast? What would you say about that? I'd be anxious to hear. All right. Uh, So, you know, should I do some advertising for the podcast? Should I pay to get my name out there a little bit? Uh, I don't know. Um, I'm not ready to do that right now. Uh, and should I adjust the format? That I'm heavily considering. I really am. And even, like, I'm going to have to do four times. And this is the other thing. I could do it. It would be more flexible for me that I could just, you know, pick a topic, talk about it. almost seems like it would be quick and easy. I don't know. I have to think about it a little bit more, maybe play around with it. But let me know what you think, generally speaking. Yak, yak, yak. Move on. Jonathan. I thought I saw an email from our buddy Jonathan. I haven't heard from you in a little while. I appreciate the email. And Jonathan was talking about the fact, he says he, he works the first three months of the year for the federal government and, uh, you know, the tax burden that's being created and, and how all that ties in with the election. And I couldn't agree more. I mean, it, it is a, a huge part of what we're talking about. And to discount that, in my opinion, is very foolish. And to subscribe to this idea that this printing, endless printing of money is going to continue to be successful without any consequences, let alone the utter consequence of just destroying everything financially. And, you know, I feel like I had a dream the other night about this, that, you know, what happens if there's there's no money and things are going to come to a halt, everything. It, it'll be like Armageddon. It really will. I mean, the risk, in my opinion, that we are taking with this flagrant uh, just ignoring of basic economic principles um, it's it's really hard to fathom. And the, the answer, uh, the other answer isn't much better either. You know, the Fed, they're raising rates, which is is the thing to do in inflation because you don't want people to continue to borrow money, which expands the economy. They want to contract it. And that means that somebody is going to get squeezed out of a chair. That's why I call it like musical chairs. And that's not a good option either. Uh, the difference is either they, either they raise interest rates and get it under control and hope to kick the can down the road, and some people lose a seat. Or, you know, they do nothing and let it run its course, and, and we're all going to end up in a, in a serious problem. So, you know, what do they do? In the meantime, the, the money being printed has gotten so ridiculous that I really believe it's, it's 90% of the problems that we're seeing. You know, they're, they're providing, you know, sexual orientation counseling and surveys and studies and, you know, in every major city. And we have the money to spend on this garbage? This is the priority? Seriously? You know, call me the crazy liberal, right, or the, the, what, the, the, the radical conservative because I just said that. That I think it's a complete waste of money, a complete waste of time that we're even discussing these things. 
You know, I guess, yes, you have to. What's a, I, I never heard this term. I did, and I forgot it. A uh, buddy of mine, her, hermaphrodite, did I say that right? And, um, you know, I, I guess it's a phenomenon that does happen, and, and these are human beings and needs to be treated compassionately, ethically, and all that, and, and the laws should allow that to happen. But that's not what we're talking about. That's not what we're talking about at all. We're talking about a bunch of, of nut job mothers in most cases determining that their kids should be a, a different – I shouldn't say that. I'm, just by my observation, I'm going to say about 30%. These wacko moms, like, oh, Billy, you look like you want to be Barbara. You know, you know and I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what happens. I really don't. My son, we were having this discussion, and uh, he said um, that uh, he was listening to a podcast that uh, – Guy was talking about uh, he he got the transgender surgery and how he regretted it and how that's never put out there. He said what the drugs did to him in the surgery. These surgeries, this is not minor cosmetic surgery. Disturbing on every level. All right. Uh, anyway, the, to Jonathan's point, the taxes are, are a huge issue. That's you know fundamentally what the election is about. They want to say it's about freedom. Well. Uh, all we have to do is defend the Constitution. We already have our freedom. We'll get to that a little bit more in a second. But fundamentally, what we're talking about is taxes. And you know, Trump Trump lowered taxes. Uh, but regardless, the the burden is just it's wild. And the government's state, local, federal have been taking in huge surpluses. Don't give that money back to the taxpayers. Things have really changed. They really have. All right. It's a real issue. That's my point. I hope you take it seriously. Uh, and we should hold the conservatives more accountable for lowering tax the tax burden. Uh, so let me mention this, and then, then uh, we'll get to what will work, and we'll talk about the stolen election a little bit more. Uh, this is from our buddy Jeff. Jeff uh, from Canada, right? Jeff is from Canada. He said, uh, just watched a cool video on YouTube called Trucker Rebellion. Yeah, called Trucker Rebellion. Uh, you could find it on YouTube. Trucker Rebellion. And uh, it's the revolt of the Canadian truckers. It's only the beginning. Phenomenal video. I put it here in the show notes. You can get it at ChristopherScottShow.com. Show notes 1347 <laughs> at ChristopherScottShow.com. I'm just feeling like an 80s uh, rock station announcer there. <laughs> Maybe I'll work on that a little more. Check out the video. It's phenomenal. Uh, but it didn't work, really, at least not to this point. Is it only the beginning? It could be. I've said this before. People get hungry. If people get hungry enough, you'll see those trucks continue to pile up. Uh, but in this case, it didn't work. I don't think it's a, a great idea, although I do feel that um, you know civil disobedience can be wildly effective. Uh, that's what Black Lives Matter and Antifa were doing in some cases, right? Closing bridges. You know, certainly when that wasn't enough and Trump was still winning, they resorted to burning and looting and, and beating up white people. But that's another story. We just kind of erase that out of history. We just focus on the, uh, you know, 80% peaceful part of it. That's what it was, right? It was civil civil disobedience, closing bridges and, and this and that. And you say, well, it's nonviolent protest. And it is. Uh, but that doesn't mean that it's without consequence. Right? Plenty of people that had to work for a living, for example, were a little upset when they couldn't get to work or couldn't get home or get to where they wanted to enjoy their freedom, uh, which they rightfully earned, uh, as opposed to these schmucks out there that just want to block traffic because they're going to force their thoughts down your throat. And you don't see conservatives doing that, really. 
right? In this case, you did with the Canadian. Why don't we do more of it? Amazing what the response was. But I don't think it's the best way to handle things. Uh, I actually think that it's way too early even for civil disobedience. I, I just I don't think we're uh, at a phase where it, it makes sense to do that. I really don't. Tactically speaking, politically speaking, practically speaking, in any way, shape, or form. And so the question is, what do we do? Yesterday I explained to you how the elections are being stolen. And there's lots of things going on. I've talked about it. You know, Republicans and Democrat Party. Uh, not putting people on the ballot uh, that were running, just not printing the, printing the ballots without their name. I saw it firsthand. I've spoken to many poll watchers. All of them told me, every single one, major concerns, supervised. I don't know all the titles. People involved in the dealing with the election results, handling the, the sign-in books and things like that. Every one of them had major concerns. Uh, the woman from True the Vote, I think I'm going to see her too. What's her name? Uh, I forget. Um, Ellen, I want to say, from Texas. That's how her story started. It didn't start because Jeff Bezos or Facebook gave her a bunch of money to go out and, and create a problem or a cause. This lady was doing her civil duty down there in Texas, decided to volunteer to be a poll watcher, and, and couldn't believe what she saw. And I have reported the same to you from what I've seen here in my own county. Just appalled by what I've seen with my own eyes. This isn't a conspiracy. This isn't QAnon. And that's what I'm leading up to. What is the answer to all this? And it's very simply this. And it's the very reason why I'm so proud and so honored to be part of the Nancy Price campaign because she's doing something. And I wish I could do more. It's not my time to run. We've gone through that. And, and you don't have to run. If you can run and there's a position that works for you, I encourage you to do that. You got to vote. You got to vote in person. You got to vote late. We need poll watchers. We need campaign donations. And what I would like to suggest to you, uh, and what I've chosen to do, is I am putting my support behind the grassroots candidates. These are people like Nancy Price, who are just regular. She is making a huge sacrifice to do this. Huge. Uh, besides the the money that she's putting out out of her pocket. And she's giving up a job right now. And this is, you know, Nancy is not a independently wealthy person, a billionaire. You're not going to find her on the Forbes list, okay? Uh, they're good. They're good. They're fine. I, I don't want to make, you know, something sound like that. I shouldn't be talking about somebody's finances. But uh, I'm just telling you, this is not Donald Trump that we're speaking about. She's making a huge sacrifice. And I've seen it. And Kathy Barnett, these grassroots, my buddy Dan Burton. That was one of the podcasts that uh, my buddy Mike mentioned, and uh, and I don't listen. If you're a type of person that, that gives to to, to grassroots campaigns, um, I don't. We actually may have a listener or two in this district, um, but even if you're not in her district, uh, you know, ten bucks, twenty bucks, uh, just that you know, if, if we could get like even twenty five people listening to this podcast to to throw her ten bucks, uh, just the 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 um, added. Uh, she's doing, we're doing well with the fundraising. Um, so far, we're, I think we're covering, we are, we're covering costs. We have enough to pay the bills this month. Uh, so that's a good thing. Um, but the moral support, and I'm not, I'm not one to sit here and beg for money. You know that. All right. But if that's your role, I have my role. I, I give a little bit of money, all right, um, to the grassroots candidates where I can. Uh, I have to be careful. I've got a young daughter and, and a, you know, a retirement that I have to, 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 to build for and, and probably in the same boat as a lot of you. And believe me, if you don't have any money, don't give it. 
All right. If you're in trouble paying your bills, putting food on the table, do not consider doing this for anybody. Uh, but if you if you have a couple of bucks, and I'm not saying it, I wouldn't do anything crazy. We got uh, 500 bucks from a, a marine in her district. I was really excited about. They write a nice night to, no, note too. I hope I get to meet this guy, Corporal. Anyway, it's good stuff. NancyPA.com if you're interested in checking that out. I didn't mean to go off on that tangent. My point is everybody's got to do something. And I spoke to her for about 40 minutes last night. It's just a great conversation. I, I try to be there for moral, practical, uh, emotional support as best I can. That's part of the role that I play, volunteering to be uh, her cam- uh, her treasurer, right, giving a little bit of money, doing the pot. It's a lot that I'm doing. I'm, and I'm not looking for an award. I'm trying to encourage you, you know, get do something to help the country. And I, the money part I don't like, and that's part of the reason why I say stick to the grassroots candidates. And even people that maybe won't win, and I'll tell you why, because if you can help them financially a little bit, encourages them to come back, especially if they have a little bit of money in there. I'm hoping that my buddy Dan Burton runs again. Kathy Barnett, I'm <clears throat> hoping that she runs again. So I told you what they're going to do in the election. They've got the, the, the voter rolls are all messed up. Uh, there's some work going on trying to get that cleaned up in the meantime. The Dropbox thing seems to be kind of clamped down. They're not going to get away with much there like they did the last election. And so that leaves the mail-in votes. And um, I don't know. And and with the mail, uh, if things start <clears throat> showing up at the election, you know, wherever they're counting the votes and they, they have what appear to be post stamps on them, is this stuff going to be checked? Or, or if they don't have postmarks on them? Are we going to hear, remember what, the, what Biden was saying? You know, just because every I isn't dotted and every T isn't crossed, we're still going to count that ballot. Do you remember those things they were saying? This is what they were doing. Pennsylvania, where there was 150,000 more votes than registered voters, where you've got untold numbers of people on as registered voters that are dead. So after all the dead people, after all the people that are moved, the dirty voter rolls, there was still another 150,000 votes. That's the level of corruption here in Pennsylvania. It's discouraging. It's more than discouraging. Doug Mastriano trying to push back on that. There's another one. I don't know if you're somebody that that contributes a little bit more, a little bit bigger, you know, uh, I would say Nancy first needs the help. Uh, but Doug also would, could benefit from the support. And like I said, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and beg. I don't like those, you know, hey, can you, can you, can you just do 10? <laughs> do what you can. I'm just telling you that the, and it doesn't have to be money. You know, do so, make social media posts, share information. Uh, if you're local, get signs, putting signs out for these candidates. We live on a busy road. And so... I'm putting signs up for Doug Mastriano. I'm not putting signs up for Nancy because I'm not in Nancy's district. And there's an example. I'm helping a campaign for somebody that's not even in my district. Why? Because I support the state and I support her. All right. What are we going to do? Times are changing. I mentioned this yesterday. What happened to monkeypox just disappeared. Strange, right? The, the queen. I, I see that, that now that the, the, the funeral is over, they're right back to Trump and Mar-a-Lago. And let me see. What's the, the big uh, – what does Drudge do today? Here we go. Let's see. What, is, what does Drudge think is the news of the day? Oh, the morning after is the main headline. So they're still going to wrap up with a little bit more on the queen. Um, let's see what this is. And then all the, all the rest of it is uh, Donald Trump 
news. It's the only thing that moves. Zuckerberg loses $71 million. Stocks were down, right? Big stock drop. Talked about it. I hope you're prepared. What's this Bill and Hillary returning to? Uh, it looks like they're going to do more fundraising. I don't know. Who knows? The Clinton Global Initiative. Oh, good Lord. I guess they need cash with inflation and whatnot. Um, so I talked about the, uh, the Great Reset. Did I get to this yesterday? I'm going to go over it again anyway. Uh, even if I no, I don't think I did get to this. This is where we were picking up. This is where I'm supposed to be picking up from yesterday, and we're 32 minutes in. Uh, my time management skills are just terrible. Talk about a, a show reformat. How about just a little bit of basic time management? Maybe like an outline to keep me on track. Oh, I have that already. <laughs> what are you gonna do? All right. Um, what is the Great Reset? I actually got a few books on. It's been you know I've asked this question. I kind of ponder, kind of ponder and I understand. You know, the language that comes out of the World Economic Forum and, and uh, Han Solo there and, uh, and, and the U.N. with the, the U.N. 2030 or, you know, whatever their things are that they're teaching in colleges and universities. And uh, it's, it's disturbing. It's uh, very socialistic. It's, uh, it's not complete socialism. They're not going to do that. They're going to kind of do a Chinese uh, hybrid model. And if you if you take a look at what's going on in China, it's pretty much hard for most of the people there, and uh, probably always will be. You know, wealth and money just have a way of, of flowing like that. Uh, but then the question becomes, how much freedom do you have in the middle of all that? And I believe that the Great Reset is really a, a move to digital currency. I, I think it has to. I think that the currency has to reset. Uh, this inflation is just the beginning. I really believe that. We'll see. We shall see. Uh, you know, how does next year's news trump this year's news? It's going to be interesting to see. Warnings coming out of Europe. Uh, forget the, the woman that was talking. I think that whatever the president of, of Germany is. Is that a one? I, I don't know all the foreign leaders. Uh, I should have made a note, I guess. Anyway, higher levels of, of public debt that we need to get used to. Uh, much more control over money in order to... <clears throat> finance those higher levels of debt, more taxes. More, and to have more taxes, you need more regulation, right? You can't just simply, um, you know, continue to raise income taxes or real estate taxes because you'll, you'll destroy it, right? If, if income taxes go to 100%, nobody will work, right? It's just basic, right? And, and it's not 100% that nobody will work. It's, will, will anybody work if, they, if they're paying 99% in taxes? Not many, and, and it go, so it goes, Right? And so there's a point in there. And we're probably right at about the limit of that, I'm thinking. Judging by the number of people who don't want to work right now, you'd have to question that. In order to do it, they've got to create new taxes, which means new regulations, such as, say, an internet tax. Uh, storm sewer tax is something that's talked about wildly around the country. I see that coming. Um, new taxes on water or sewer um, higher gasoline taxes, right? Whatever they can easily vilify an attack, right? So right there, now, right now, they haven't been very creative, and this is the basic problem. It, 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 once the the the, uh, the tax collectors become more creative, look out! Then we're going to be in big trouble because it's the taxes you don't know that are really killing you, right? And they say, uh, what would be a good example? Ammunition, right? You know, ammunition. At the end of the day, it's not the gun. Republicans are right. It's the bullet that kills. Look at that. I always told you I could just be like a liberal strategist. It ain't the gun. It's the bullet. And we need to tax ammo for just like we did cigarettes or whatever. I don't know why I talk like no liberal talks like that. 
But uh, anyway, uh, or whatever the case might be, you know, uh, VAT tax, value add, you know, it's simply not fair that he's buying a $2 million yacht when many of our people can't afford to put food on the table. And if they can afford a $2 million yacht, then they can afford a a million dollar a year or whatever, a $10,000 a year permit fee. It's barely 1% of the value. You see? You see how that works? Easy peasy. New, and then you, then you go to the lawyer and say, nah, you can't do that under our Constitution. Oh, really? All right. National boat registration. Registration fee, $10,000. Absolutely, you can figure out a way to do it. I could go on and on about this. The bottom line is you're going to have more and more control over the money. I have to believe that they know that in the process of that, that cash becomes a real big problem. And they also need to go after the little guy. Everybody's going to have to pay their share. The rich aren't going to just roll over. And so all the housekeepers, landscapers, basic labor, things that get paid in cash largely, going to become a big problem if we go to all digital currency. Now, I have to tell you, I think the threat of going to all digital currency is completely uh, fake, just from a practical matter. And people aren't going to go for it. Uh, you know, you could theorize that they're going to implement some kind of big COVID lockdown and say, There's turn in your cash and switch these cards. And it's possible. And maybe that was the test. And you say, ah, I don't see that happening. Really? They confiscated the gold in this country. Here, they didn't fire a shot, didn't go to a single door. Never, uh, you know, even had to stick a gun in anybody's face. You know how they did it? They said, uh, you can go check it yourself. I think it was a $100,000 fine, which at that time, I think it was 1914 or something like that. When was it that they confiscated all the gold? I forget. They went to paper money. So what do you think will happen this time? You need to turn in all of your U.S. currency or face a $100,000 fine and five years in prison for the use of cash. (laughs) Listen, how many people are vaccinated in this country? Uh, I mean, for me personally, like, I'm like, for me to get, go to a digital, I'm pretty much digital now. I mean, I use my debit card everywhere I go. I do use cash, but it's probably something we need to do more of, something that you can help the cause right there. Just simply use more cash. Uh, but they say that they're going to create a new equitable market-based economy. Believe me when I tell you that's not for your benefit. It's for the banker's benefit. And that new equitable market-based economy is going to make sure that all this public debt that they've been taking on gets properly paid for. And in the meantime, you're going to be much better off living off the land. I'm not kidding about that. Not kidding at all. When you look at what's going on in the model that we live by, the new, this new public education, modern education, both in the K through 12, uh, this, pu- this dystopic push for you know, pre-K because there's so many working moms and nobody's raising their own kids anymore. Not nobody, but not a lot of people. Uh, and then you, you have this, this public education system, which is in disarray by huge numbers. People are pulling their kids out and on top of the tax burden, paying anyway, anything to break free of that albatross. You look at healthcare. I don't even want to go to the doc. What a waste of time. Nobody trusts the media, the communications, all very unnatural, right? But especially the money. And it's a big, big problem that's fueling everything else. I want to talk, pick up tomorrow a little bit with what, why I think that Trump is the best fit for president. I know it's crazy for me to say that. 
I've had many a conversation after the election. Myself, I didn't know it would be a good idea if he would run again. Uh, but in this particular case, on this given day, I think there's something that you need to consider. I think it would be good if he made a comeback. God willing, I'm back tomorrow. Hope to see you there. Make it a great day.